Welcome to The Relationship Review. It's a podcast, and it's not what you think. I'm Edison, and my co-host is my 13-year-old daughter, Coco. Hi. Our mission is to explore how we relate to all of the things that happen in the world around us and how those things affect us, because everything is relationship. We cover a variety of topics and share our unique points of view. Sometimes we're surprised, sometimes we are in total disbelief, and most of the time, we are laughing hysterically while we try to understand the world. It's going to be pretty exciting, and we're glad that you decided to join us. So, here we go. This is the Relationship Review. No, no more giggling up. You've got to giggle down. I don't know how to do that. Well, you've got to practice. Okay. Sheesh. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> I, was try- I was trying to tell you that I was looking for a Halloween greeting, and all of them are whack because none of them rhyme. And they're just like, trick or treat. Fill your basket with goodies. Boo. It's the dumbest thing I have ever seen. (laughs) Oh my God. Much better. (laughs) That's an improvement. Thank you. Oh, I can think of something that rhymes. Me too. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Halloween candy is sweet. And so are you. But really, violets are purple. (laughs) Oh man. Slay level 9,000. All right. What were you thinking of? I was thinking of something that goes a little like... <coughs> let me... <coughs> okay. Here it comes. Why are you clearing your throat? I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> That's... Okay. We clean it together. This is what we do. We do everything together. Okay. But here's my thing that rhymes. Okay. Boys and girls... Of every age. Oh. Wouldn't you like to see something strange? Oh. Come with us and you will see this, this our, our town, town of Halloween. This is Halloween pumpkin screen in the day of night. I didn't ask you for the sound effect. Yes, you did. Bum, I didn't. Bum, okay. Bum, 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 yes. Bum, 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 bum. You know, if Halloween greetings are not like on this level of excellence, I don't want them. I don't know what's happening to children out there with their their Halloweens and their, you know, spooky celebrations. But I feel like they're really being let down. I don't know. They're not having like celebrations on their blogs. They're not having like... Who does blogs anymore? Not blog... Block on their block. What's a block on their where they live, their streets, their neighborhood? Yeah, in their neighborhood. Like when I was young, we had an organized group of adults who thought ahead. Adults, adults, what do you mean? We ain't talking about adults. Yes, I am. I'm talking about would you let me finish my statement? So, we had an organized group of adults who would plan ahead and they would plan a like a hot dog roast and a chili cookout and like a what are you laughing about 
And, um, you know, like a, a festive gathering place, like in the neighborhood. And then every house who was going to do trick-or-treating would have the um, the bag with the sand in it um, and the candle. And they would put that out the end of the driveway. So you didn't have to, like, wonder if the house was participating or someone was going to be there or not. You would just be able to very safely walk down the sidewalk. And if you saw the house with the lantern with the little light at the end then you knew this was a safe house to do it like everybody decided ahead of time this is what we're going to do like this organization it's planning and it's you know a mild bite of dinner at the end of your trick-or-treat festivities it's everybody getting together in like a halloween town kind of vibe and then you're going home and you're happy you're sorting out your candy and if you get something strange in your candy then you know it was one of your pre-designated neighbors who gave you something weird and then your parents could talk about it at the hoa meeting like you know in november that sounds like a family reunion no it's not a family reunion it's That's what a neighborhood what it is. like just See, saying. this is what I mean. You're, like, your youth is being ruined by, like... My youth isn't being ruined at all. Well, your Halloweens haven't been what I described, have they? Because I've been sick for the past two Halloweens. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because all these people are out here having germs because they don't get to experience things like uh, neighborhood hot dogs. Really? Yep. I thought you were going to say it's because you're <laughs> on your phone too much. Uh, no, but that's probably also another reason. How? Anyway, so how, how was your week? I mean, happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome on back up in here. Um, We're going to do a little, man, you know, our topics are never really like lightweight nonsense. So even though it's Halloween and we're celebrating the season of spookiness, we're going to get into the real deal. But first, we're going to do a little recap of the week, so... How was your week? Um. Really? Yep, that was my week. Mm -hmm. How was your week? Well, I spent a good portion of my time um, preparing and getting things ready for some person that I know to have a boobash. Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> And it seemed like everything went great. Oh, wait, just a second, Mom. True to form. Wait, Mom, just oh, a second. Okay, sure. I had a party. Oh, it man. was a pretty great party. I planned it all myself. Oh. I even made the invitations. They wow. were so pretty. Oh, man. Yep. Anyway, you were saying, Mom? I was saying, true to form. You either are going to forget that it ever existed or take credit for everything. <laughs> and that is exactly what I you did. Take, step one and step two. I didn't so. take credit for everything. I'm just letting you know I came up with the idea. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways. So it was nice. Um, nice to have some of your friends over to meet everybody. And it was a respectable crowd. It was um, fun, I think. We thought we were going to get rained out by this um, surprise monsoon. We have those around here sometimes. Monsoons? Mm-hmm. A surprise monsoon. I thought that was when we... Oh, wait. Never mind. That's yeah. a cyclone. Yeah. Not a, not a surprise cyclone. That would truly be an event. But no, I was talking about the heavy, heavy rain that we had that morning. Right. Um, so it was kind of... Uh, touch and go there. I didn't know what the weather was going to be like. We had some outdoor activities planned, but uh, everything worked out. Yep. And it was really cool. 
So what are we going to do tomorrow, which is the big night, if you know what I'm saying? Girl, it's Halloween. Why are you looking confused? Well, because, you see, you don't understand, Mom. Let me just explain this podcast business to you real quick. Mm-hmm. We're recording this the day before Halloween. Yeah. This is All Hallows' Eve. So the day this comes out is going to be Halloween. I'm going to stop you right there. Yes. And explain to you how things work. Explain. Tomorrow is All Hallows' Eve. What? No, today's the 30th. Yes. And Halloween is All Hallows' Eve. Really? Yes, it is. Hold on a second. This is why. Come to me. Okay. Hold on a second. So you're telling me. (laughs) But I thought, you know, Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas, Valentine's Day Eve, that's the day before (laughs) Valentine's Day. Uh Easter Eve, that's the day before Easter. Thanksgiving Eve, that's the day before Thanksgiving. So if I'm telling you that Halloween is All Hallows Eve, then what must the next day be? Halloween? <laughs> nope. It must be um, All Hallows Day, I guess. I don't know. What that even November mean? 1st is the day like um, All Saints Day or something like that. That doesn't make any sense. Well, if you knew more about history, it would. Nah. Yeah. So Halloween is All Hallows Eve. It's All Saints Eve. Um... It's traditionally, when it was a more religious holiday, Mm -hmm. was a celebration where people dressed up in uh, costumes and disguises to fool um, ghosts and goblins and, you know, Satan and things like that, uh, that may have been trying to sneak out into into the atmosphere, into the world, and convince those sinister... Uh, citizens that hey I'm a a ghoul and a goblin too Um, because for some reason that was the day that those beings were roaming the earth the next day November 1st Mm -hmm. is like uh, maybe it's a holy day or like a a day where all the dead are honored um, or they return back to their resting places or something like that but for us there's no school (laughs) well sure but what actually is supposed to happen if we were um honoring all of the religious traditions Mm -hmm. is that we would go into prayer and remembrance and um really the biggest part of our celebration or our um observance wouldn't be halloween at all it would be the next day which is the religion, the high holiday or the high holy day. Okay. So, no, in fact, today is not All Hallows' Eve. It actually is tomorrow. Still don't make no sense, but okay. It makes all the sense. How was your week? What doesn't make sense is <laughs> what passes for a public education. Or my level of genius. <laughs> oh, yep. Uh-huh. My week was fine. Um, it's only... Wednesday, so there's still a lot Wednesday. of Wednesday. There's still a lot of week to go. Um, I was sad to learn about um, the passing of um, a comedian, John Witherspoon. Um, mm-hmm. He voiced one of my favorite characters, 
um, on the boondocks. Uh, that was the granddad okay. of um, those two little two little guys. My, my um, brother never let me watch Boondocks. Your brother? Yeah. <laughs> your brother didn't let you watch a show that he wasn't supposed to be watching? Yes. That's rich. <laughs> anyway, and also since we um, did our last episode, um, the Honorable Representative um, Elijah Cummings uh, was laid to rest and his um, services took place. And um, there were some interesting events that happened um, <laughs> that I'm not going to get into here, but uh, anyone who watched any portion of the, um, of the funeral proceedings saw some of the interesting things that I saw, um, <laughs> including um, some sh very... Uh, rich and deliberate and um, well-placed shade that um, Mitch McConnell received. Ooh. Yeah, it, it, there was there was some tea there. Who's who's Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell. Um, all I'm gonna say is uh, he's you know a politician. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna get into those politics right politicians now. Politicians are liars. Yeah. Well, not all politicians are liars. I mean. Um, Elijah Cummings was um, also in politics. He was a oh. politician, but um, Mitch McConnell um, deserved. He deserved. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll <laughs> tell you more about him later. But um, we've talked about him in the past, and when you see him, you're going to probably not recognize him per se, but you're going to um, realize who a lot of those sketches on Saturday Night Live have been about. <laughs> oh, okay. Man. Yeah. So, anyways, um, about Trump, but, okay. yeah, yeah. A lot of those um, times when they've been about Trump, um, another character has come in playing okay. Mitch. So, yeah, you'll 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 understand. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We've got our big um, bin of candies to hand out to the. Little ghouls and goblins that come um, ringing on the doorbell. I have to say, though, I'm going to be one of those people who are like, um, tell yeah. me a joke. Oh. Or like, you know, do a trick or show me some teeth? magic. Or, oh. yeah, so, no, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm not going to hand out like the dental floss and raisins. She, I have done that in the past. Yeah, she has. <laughs> but then I got like feedback from kids who really didn't appreciate it. And I was like, dang, I'm just trying to... That was me. Well, and other kids also. But um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just trying to, you know, do right by, like, you know, your let, health. I'm let the sorry. local dentists do that, Mom. Yep, I, I've learned my place. So, <laughs> Anyways, it's all Snickers and Twixes. And it, oh. Is Twix plural? Because there's two of them. But even though these are like the little miniature ones like that are just I think it's single just, serving. It's just Twix. Like, I like Twix. Yeah, but usually when you're getting Twix, you're getting two of them. Uh-huh, so it's... So but we are handing out single miniature servings. I think it's, it's still, it still Twix? Or would it be Unox? Or would it be Equinox? <laughs> candy. It's going to be candy. All so right. anyway, um, let's get into what we're talking about today. Um, 
it's kind of an interesting transition to go from like the fun of you know the scares and the um kind of cute bits of halloween to get into some actually really scary reality that um happens around us we've heard a lot of really kind of awful news stories but i mean we always do so like what's new about that um but tonight we are talking about or on this episode, we are talking about murder. <laughs> and in particular, um, serial killers. My favorite. I'm joking. <laughs> um, and actually, it's not the, the morbid, you know, um, like drag you down topic that it has been in the past Mm -hmm. people have always had kind of an obsession and a fascination with these tales of murder um trying to get to the bottom of why people commit these crimes what drove them to do it um there's lots of podcasts out right now that focus specifically on um murder and murderers um a lot of podcasts focus on talking about murders that haven't been solved. Um, a lot of TV shows focus on murders and killers and serial killings. Um, one of my longtime uh, go-to shows, can I call it a favorite? It almost feels strange to call it like your favorite show when it's all about murder, but it is. It's like my favorite show I'm talking about forensic files and you know that i am i like forensic files i watch forensic files on television i listen to it on like the satellite radio in the car she's obsessed i listen to it um because now they've made it a podcast so i can listen to it when i'm sitting in my office like it's pretty much yep forensic files (laughs) all day all night on the road all the time well, man, I, I can't really be talking because <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts, not even one, my favorite podcast is about murder. Yeah, you can say what it is. My favorite murder. Yeah. With Karen Kilgariff yeah. and Georgia Hartstar. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's, funnily enough, is this new genre um, <laughs> of murder podcast, and that is the horror comedy well the true crime comedy podcast Podcast, yes Yes. and interestingly enough it is about murder and it's also funny yeah which you wouldn't think those two things go together but somehow they they make make it it work work. yes we didn't even plan that we didn't we're twins oh my gosh synchronicity well (laughs) sorry we're twins at different ages maybe yeah you don't remember, like, um, yeah, that the tagline from, uh, from Sis, you do know. Oh my gosh, look at you. I'm raising your right, girl. <laughs> okay, love all those old school shows. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, old school. I knew I was gonna while we're talking right? about murder. No, I'm just, <laughs> just joking. Yeah, <laughs> did I say joking or you said joking? Yeah, I said you said I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant to say. That's a little dark. Anyway. Anyway. So, 
um, in this whole uh, genre of people trying to make it funny to talk about murder, there's another podcast that I I don't think they really get it right. They try, the but it's more like um, the true crime. Company. You tried it, yeah. Where it's like they're talking about true crime and murder, but also it's supposed to be funny. Uh-huh. That's um, the last podcast on the left. Now, a lot of people like it. That's what it's called? That's what it's called. Okay. It's kind of a play on the title of a movie, a horror movie, which was The Last House on the Left, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Last House on the Left, or... Dang, I feel like I watched it. And in fact, it was like made and then it was remade. And I feel like I watched both of those. Because let me tell you something. I, like in my middle school years but really like in high school and college Mm -hmm. I became into horror so heavily um that I was like could not consume enough like all the horror films then I got into like international horror um I was reading a lot of like horror novels um suspense thrillers like all the things Mm -hmm. the first real grown-up book that i read um was when i was like a freshman in high school i was walking through the library and i checked out i just happened to stumble upon the stephen king section Mm -hmm. and i checked out the shining um like over christmas break right and i had my face in that book the entire Christmas break. So everybody else is talking about, oh, sweet baby Jesus, come on, Jesus. I'm going to get and socks I, for Christmas. Yes. And I was just like, murder. Murder. <laughs> oh, they're trapped in the hotel in the mountains, and I've got to get back to this book. Throwing axes. Ugh, all work and no play makes Jack. You know, and I'm just like, into this book. Um, and so I was just like watching all the Freddy Krueger movies and like all the, what are they? Who's the one with the mask? I mean, now I just think they're the stupidest things ever. The, oh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. I don't know who it is. It's, uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah. Who's Jason? Uh, sounds like such a The guy in the mask. Name. Yeah. It's just a guy. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, the hills have eyes and, um. All those franchises, all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and um, just like everything. So then um, I started to look into the films and see like, oh, some of these have some basis in reality or they're based on real things. Those are the stories that I want. I want to know who is this based on? Because when the Texas Chainsaw Massacre came on, it said it was based on a real story or something like that, like loosely based or this story, something like that. It said in the beginning, like as much truth as they could get away with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And so then I'm watching it and I'm like, this is stupid, but I want to know what that real story is about. And then I started like looking it up and that's when I found out about serial killers. Mm-hmm. And... You know, then I started knowing about the Ed Geens, and that's who the um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre killer 
is like based on and the Jack the Rippers, the John Wayne Gacy's, Jeffrey Dahmer, like all of these big name serial killing guys. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, well, they're all white guys. Yeah. And then I started digging more. So around this time I was kind of delving more into, well, what is this about? Like what makes a person a serial killer? What, you know, because then, um, I was getting into like psychological thrillers, um, Alfred Hitchcock and, you know, just things like it it was evolving. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, so what's behind the mind of a person like this? Like what makes you do something like this? At the same time, I'm in like my uh, world history classes and we're studying uh, Hitler. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he didn't commit all these atrocities by hand. Right. But it was at the the scheming or the concocting of his mind. And there were a, enough people who could come to agreeing with him that they came up with this, you know, political party and this system and these um, propaganda plans. And then before you know it, they're in control of the government and like all these things are happening that people would never believe could ever happen. Mm -hmm. And when I was reading it, then it seemed completely impossible. But now, you know, 25 years removed looking at our current political climate, Mm -hmm. I see, Oh, this is how that happens. Okay. (laughs) I see how, you know, things evolve. So now I can see how a uh, Ted Bundy or, you know, a John Wayne Gacy, people who are interacting with other people in their everyday lives who seem normal, air quotes, are able to blend in. Mm -hmm. But then it was being billed to us or being told to us or being sold to us that these men fit the profile mm. of the killer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about it, people have long been obsessed with like these stories of killing stories of murder. Look at like the spooky stories, our children's tales. Mm-hmm. They're all about death. Right. The legend of sleepy hollow, poor Ichabod. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Hansel and Gretel. That witch is dead. Okay, they didn't die, but she was trying to kill them. Uh-huh. But they flipped the script and threw her in the oven. Reverse card. Okay. This is a children's story. Uh-huh. And the witch was a serial homicidal maniac. Uh-huh. Because she killed children all the time. Yeah. Um, Jack and the Beanstalk. Right. They, like, the story didn't end until... Jack was murdered. I mean, uh, not Jack, but the giant right. was murdered. Uh-huh. But the giant was going to kill Jack. Right. And eat him mm-hmm. for dinner. <laughs> um, Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty is an egg. And he didn't die. You don't know that. It goes, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. It says nothing about an egg. It says nothing about him still being alive. It doesn't say nothing about that. 
Oh gosh. Um, mind blown. My, my mind is blown. You're welcome. Dang. My mind is blown. For all I just, you know, it could have been a lady. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, probably not, but. I. Maybe he committed suicide. He was on the wall. Oh, right. But it said he fell. He had a great fall. I mean, they're just trying to make it run. But, I mean, you have just opened my mind to something that I have never considered before. You're welcome. I I said, did I say thanks? Thanks. I'm giving you your props. (laughs) Well, I'm only thinking about, I just always thought he was an egg because that's the way it was drawn in the children's book. But as we know, all of these stories were really not these little cutesy children's stories. They were really Mm -hmm. based in... The stories from like long, long ago that didn't start as being, you know, here, little child, let me tuck you in bed and read you a story to make you feel all cozy. It was like cautionary tales. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, don't talk to there's strangers. a wolf in that woods, you know, mm-hmm. and if you're not careful, if you're not paying attention to what you're doing, you won't make it home or <laughs> there's evil out there in the world. And this is what it does to people. It gobbles them up. It destroys them. It rips them limb from limb. So if you are not paying attention to what's going on, you'll be next. Like, it wasn't these sweet little, you know, Disney stories or whatever the heck where um, the princess gets the prince and they uh, flee off to the castle and whatever. (laughs) They ride the horse and have the carriage and um, Tinkerbell is uh, sprinkling dust on them at the end. It's not that. Okay. That's not how these stories started. They started because the dangers were out there in the world. And the truth is, the dangers are still out there. But we aren't being told. And some of us, some of us are not being protected. And that brings us to the story of Samuel Little. And if you have been paying any attention to um, the news, this portion of the news, you have heard about Samuel Little. I know that you and I have heard about Samuel Little this week. Actually, I have been um, following the developments in this story for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course I have. Uh, but um, this is a man who, the reason that it caught my attention is because even though he's a man in his 70s, he's been in prison for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, within the last few years, he has begun to admit to 90 murders. Right. Even though he's only he's been in prison for three murders. Mm-hmm. He has begun to admit to all of the killings that he has done over his lifetime Um, and the truth is he can remember 90 there may be and there probably are more and the reason that this is news is because a he's helping to solve um, open cases that have been open for the last 30 years Mm -hmm. um that, you know, police just weren't able to solve. I'll say that and I'll put a pin in it and I'll come back to it. 
but more than likely there were other people who had been accused and convicted of these crimes um, because this man's killing spree I guess it wasn't even a spree he just took his time and casually and like nonchalantly killed 90 women over 30 years in 14 states so he wasn't worried about anything he just was scooching around doing whatever the heck he felt like doing killing whoever he wanted um the police never made a connection to his killings now i will say that's probably hard to do with so many different jurisdictions and so many different little police departments and um, different agencies involved. One thing that has to change with the way that our social justice, uh, excuse me, our criminal justice system operates within counties, within states and federally Mm -hmm. is that everything is so divided. So you can have a crime committed in this little county and then someone go over two counties and commit pretty much the same crime. Right. It's quite possible that these two counties will never share that data with each other. Why? Because A, um, ego has a lot to do with it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if a crime gets solved, the one group wants to make sure they get their credit for solving the crime. Um, if the person gets captured in one county versus the other, the county with the capture wants to make sure they get the credit for the capture. Uh, it's just so stupid. They don't really get down to the part where it's about solving these crimes for the victims and their families Mm -hmm. and giving them closure and giving them peace or getting this violent criminal off the street so that other people aren't, hmm, I don't know, murdered? (laughs) That No, not that part. That doesn't... What do you mean? (laughs) We got other things to do. (laughs) No, that's not the part that we care about. No. So, anyway. um, This man, just all back and forth, all across the United States, several times killing whoever he felt like it whenever he wanted so the people that he was killing um is part of the key to why he was never captured for these crimes um you want to guess who he was killing unimportant people to the police yeah people that they could not give a hot sandwich about um (laughs) I was going to say something else, but I'm trying to censor. How about a giggly gosh darn? Yep, that that either. A giggly gosh darn. So, Samuel Little has now been named because he became a, you know, more interesting figure. Um, There was actually a woman um, investigator who started putting some pieces together and paying attention and saying, hmm, I 
thinking that there's more to this man than we have been able to figure out before. And I'm going to dig a little deeper. And she is the one. Remember, so we watched um, an interview with um, him and uh, the big uh, Texas Ranger guy who's getting all the credit for this. Mm -hmm. But really, it was a woman investigator on the front end who you know, started to put two and two together and said, um, there's something here. But she knew, and she had tried to talk to Samuel a little, but he had no respect for her. He had no interest in speaking to her about anything. Want to guess why that was? She was black. I don't know if she was black, but she was a woman. woman. And he clearly has no respect, no care whatsoever for women at all. Right. Um, so she wasn't going to get anywhere with him. She called this Texas Ranger in and he managed to woo the information out of Samuel. Uh, Samuel. No one actually solved the crimes. There was no investigative work that really went into this. It was just after all this time, this man decided, you know what? Yeah, I'll go on and tell you. You know what? There was, you know, Lucy in Tennessee and Denise in uh, Texas and uh, um, Janice in uh, Florida and, oh, that other girl in Florida. And you know what? Matter of fact, there were about 20 girls in Florida and 15 in Ohio. And, you know, he just decided to start spewing it out. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that he thought he might enjoy sketching some pictures of him. So he did that too. Right. And now because they're impressed with the fact that he went undetected for all this time, well now he's one of the most prolific serial killers in he he may be the most prolific serial killer in American history. And do we know what prolific means? Famous. Like they well, it doesn't mean famous. Do we so, you know, they use this word with serial killers that they want to tie celebrity to. Um, yeah. They call Ted Bundy prolific. They call John Wayne Gacy prolific. So what does prolific mean? Does it mean that they're smart? Does it mean that they're charismatic? So, like, it's a like a word for celebrity, but, like, actually not a celebrity. Well, here's the definition. Okay. Go for it. You want me to read it? Sure. Okay. Someone or something that is prolific is fruitful or highly productive. A prolific songwriter can churn out five hit tunes before breakfast. It is interesting to note that many of the words used to describe the adjective prolific are related in biological terms such as to give birth, nourish, and fertile. 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 So it's very interesting that a word that is used prolific, like it has a base word that is similar to life. Uh-huh. And some of the adjectives of the word prolific are productive, creative, inventive, fertile, plentiful, abundant, bountiful. And this is the word they choose to use to describe serial killers. 
who are snuffing out life, taking life, ending life, destroying life in the most heinous, deliberately disgusting and deplorable ways. Okay, interesting. <sighs> um, I just, I find it gross. I would think that prolific is like, like, and before I get to that, because I forgot what I was going to say, prolific, like in the beginning, it's, it sounds, it really looks kind of like pro-life, mm -hmm. which is funny when it's describing someone that's killing people. Yeah. And then I thought prolific was going to mean like, like a maybe like a surrogate word for famous mm -hmm. like not like infamous like yeah that would be a synonym for it yeah but no no not at all um so i think it's one of those things that people just kind of assume it means uh -huh. this because of the way that it's used right at whose idea was this not mine i don't know like what were you thinking? Just, anyways. Um, <laughs> but because of the sheer volume of people that he has killed and the FBI has said so far they've been able to identify positively 50 of these women that he has led them to and mm -hmm. um, described very vividly. Um, and they can credit these murders to Samuel Little. And they have no reason to doubt that what he has said is true and that the remaining um, of the 93 uh, or however many there are at this point um, right. are actual people that he has killed. Because sometimes people will try to claim that they've done things mm -hmm. um, for fame or whatever, but it, they don't, they're not worried about that with this. Right. So... So since we defined prolific, we may as well go ahead and define serial killer for those who would like to know. Okay. Serial killer is a noun traditionally defined as a person who has killed two or more people on separate occasions and commits a series of murders, often with no apparent motive and typically following a characteristic predictable behavior pattern. The murders may occur over varying periods of time with gaps between them. A killer's personal surface motivations for committing serial murders runs a wide range, but typically these heinous behaviors satisfy severely abnormal psychological gratification. In a 2010 report on serial killer statistics with data compiled by Radford University, it is noted that the commonly cited profile of a serial killer in the U.S. as being a white male in his mid-twenties is not accurate. And so this is important because when those initial profiles were being created of serial killers um, when that behavioral science unit was getting started that was what they 
were determining based on who they were interacting with. So um, they were talking to people who had already been caught um, and they were working to catch other serial killers. They were some, I would say the 70s were like a, a crazy time for um, those serial killings because there was so much activity happening at that time. Um, but they had the opportunity to interact with Ed Kemper, I know is, um, one of the killers that they talked to. And, um, I think there were a few others. I don't remember like all of them right now, but Mm -hmm. there were like, um, a, a series of people that they went around the country and interviewed and based on those interviews and talking with them um, about their cases, they took a different approach. And instead of an interrogation, mm-hmm. it was a conversation. Okay. It was a kind of like when we watched the video with um, or the interview uh, with Samuel Little and uh, the Ranger mm-hmm. where it didn't look like he was being punished for anything. They were having pizza and soda and um, in a comfortable room and, um, you know, kickback, uh, shooting the breeze mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, it didn't look like prison. It looked like, I mean, they were just chilling. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And so that whole style of interview um, with people who committed these kinds of crimes so that you could get into their mind and let them kind of ease up a little and let some of these details fly about, well, what frame of mind were they in? What was your childhood like? What was your relationship like with your parents or your um, siblings? Or how were you treated at school? Um, were you bullied? Were you beaten by your dad? Um, was your dad an alcoholic? Were you homeless? Um, were you, I don't know, you know, like all these different characteristics and experiences, they were asking them about these things. And based on all those things, they started to notice patterns and they were able to put together a profile. Um, but while they were doing that, um, and deciding that, well, Seems like our serial killers are white guys in their mid-20s to mid-30s who are successful, intelligent, um, clean-cut, you know, um, they blend in and fit in and um, people aren't really going to suspect them of this and um, we have... uh, we have, um, you know, this is this is who we're going to see. We have an idea of what we're looking for and so on and so forth. Well, even their theories at that time were being challenged because they were also asked to come in and help with the Atlanta child murders. And all of their information was being challenged because the profile didn't match um even though someone was apprehended for those child murders 
Um, it turned out that there were a lot of other possible possible suspects or possibilities or directions that they could have gone in with their search. Um, it could have been someone who was not well educated. It could have been someone who was very educated but black. It could have been someone who was older than they thought, um, not in good shape or, you know, not a person who blended well into society. Um, it could have been a person who they they thought usually people who kill are not going to cross those racial lines, but it could very well have been a person who was crossing racial lines. Mm -hmm. So there were so many unknowns and instead of challenging those unknowns and publicly saying, hey, here's what we're thinking, we're not sure, but here's where we're going with this and keeping the public informed about what was happening they didn't want to look bad they didn't want to cause any kind of racial tensions or more than there were at the time and they just kind of you know put the the media cap on it by letting certain news stories play and rolling with uh the suspect that they caught who was wayne williams um and just you know uh let his conviction ride for all of the uh, people, all the kids, and some um, adults who they determined to be linked with the same MO in these Atlanta child murders, even though in a lot of ways it made no sense. And even if Wayne Williams killed one of these people, a lot of people do not believe there's any way in the world that he could have killed them all. Um, or that he killed anyone at all because there's so much that doesn't add up. So, um, in this report that I mentioned, um, this by compiled by Radford university, um, in their mentioning that we need to get this as a, you know, as a society, we need to get this mess out of our minds that, Oh, serial killer, that's white people's mess. Serial killers are white guys who are in their 20s and 30s and they probably have on like weird square shaped glasses and like, <laughs> you know, the goofy 70s haircut or, you know, a weird stash. Like, no. Um, but because this is who Hollywood gravitates to and this is who the media gravitates to and, you know, I can say the name John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, um, even Ed Kemper, like, People are going to know those names because mm -hmm. how many movies or documentaries or whatever have you seen about Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy? Like the name has come up. They base horror movies on these people or they take their characteristics and put them in, you know, make them the bad guy in, you know, their show or their book or whatever. Or there's documentary after documentary or news feature after news feature and it continues to come up and continues to come up. But if I ask you about Chester Turner, do you know who that is? No. Carl Watts. Have you ever heard his name? No. Okay. How about Lonnie Franklin? Anthony Sowell? Harrison Graham? No. Absolutely not. And the only reason that we know Samuel Little is because 
it's unthinkable that, you know, this black guy has come along and beat John Wayne Gacy's record. Ah, record. Yeah. Because John Wayne Gacy was considered the most prolific, in air quotes, mm -hmm. serial killer with his total of 33. Oh. And then Mr. Little beat mm -hmm. him by like a lot. A confirmed 50 so far. Or 50 such. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> um, these other names that I just mentioned mm -hmm. were murdering people in communities that were not given any assistance, any support. They weren't told, hey, you guys should, you know, maybe go in a little earlier, walk in pairs, um, be on the lookout. Uh, here's who we suspect might be doing this. We're going to increase the police presence here. We're going to in increase our community policing. We're going to be looking out for you guys. You're going to see us a lot more. It didn't happen because the police didn't care. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I can say that without challenge mm -hmm. because it's been proven again and again and again. Isn't that also like part of the reason that a lot of these people weren't caught is because they were targeting others that they know the police you know yep that's right that's a good point I watched the HBO documentary the tale of the grim sleeper actually um, a year ago maybe a couple of years ago um, about Lonnie Franklin jr. who managed to kill at least 10 women in his Los Angeles neighborhood. Um, and he basically just threw their bodies out on the ground. Um, he just pushed them out of his car onto the streets of the ground in, in his neighborhood, like not too far away from where he lived. Hmm. And he was never even investigated by the police over a span of like 20 or 30 years. Um, the deaths of the, the victims of the women that he killed um, were never investigated. And he also killed one man mm -hmm. um, who I think was like onto him um, and either suspected what he was doing or had found out. And so then Lonnie went ahead and killed him. Um, and so in that documentary, they made mention of the fact that the police really didn't do any work to do any investigation whatsoever on the lives of any of these victims over all of that time. And in fact, when the families would go in to ask for information about, hey, how's that investigation coming? It's been three months. It's been six months. It's been a year. It's been two years. What, where are you getting with this? Um, that the police would constantly tell them, well, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. We can't give you any details or we don't have anything to tell you when we do, we'll let you know. But the truth was that they had coded all of those victims' files with um, 
NHI, which stood for No Humans Involved, uh, because most of Lonnie's victims were drug addicts or sex workers, um, and they were all black, which meant to the police department that they were basically disposable, and they didn't spend any energy at all investigating their deaths, which means that if they had investigated the first killing, they might have been able to stop the other nine. So to me, that means that the police are partially responsible for these murders. Mm -hmm. But So you said that um, Lonnie Franklin Jr. Yeah. wasn't investigated for like 20 or 30 mm -hmm. years. Yeah. So does the statute of limitations like last that long for like murder? For murder, um, which is a capital crime, mm -hmm. there is no statute of limitations. Okay. Um, but I think for other things, uh, which are not capital crimes, there is a statute of limitations. Okay. So let's say that, um, you know, if one of the victims that he had attempted to murder, mm -hmm. um, no, cause I think attempted murder also does not have a statute of limitations. Oh. So, but those things are capital crimes, which means that they may be punishable by death, which is capital punishment, okay. or life in prison, which is capital punishment. I may be wrong about that, but I, I think that those, anything that is a capital crime mm -hmm. um, has no statute of limitations. Okay. There are more things that should be capital crimes mm -hmm. that are not, like rape okay. and other violent offenses. That's not a capital crime? Nope. And there are statutes of limitation on rape, aggravated assault, um, and other violent crimes against persons. Um, mm -hmm. That in a lot of these cases, um, these all of these men, white or black or whatever, had been arrested for prior to their murders or during their murders, um, like Samuel Little. He had been arrested on assault charges, all kinds of things. Uh, and I think even rape. Um, but he was not convicted or maybe he served a little bit of time and was let out. Mm -hmm. If those things were capital punishments, capital crimes, especially rape, that is a very violent crime. Mm -hmm. Why is it not treated that way? Yeah. That's a question that a lot of people have. And then so I yeah. have one more question mm -hmm. about the no humans involved yeah. or the NHI. Mm -hmm. Does that include the victim? Like that's who they mean. What? That's who they mean. When they put that NHI on the file, it's on the victim's file. They're saying this person is not worth our time. We don't consider them a human. Oh. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Let me just see if I'm understanding okay. this. Okay. So, NHI, that means... So, how does that even make any sense when there's a victim and there's a body and obviously the body is human, but it's still not humans involved or no humans involved? Because they didn't give a damn. No. 
yeah, yeah. But I need you to understand the impact of what was happening there. Okay. Is that they were going to retrieve these women's bodies off the ground, dead. Mm-hmm. And they were taking them back to the morgue with gunshot wounds in their chests and violent, um, you know, aggravation and signs of assault on their bodies and seeing that they had been discarded and they took it a step further, the violation of these women and wrote on their files, no human involved. That's stupid. Yes, it's deplorable and disgraceful and disgusting. That shouldn't exist. That's right. Um, So now you understand just how low and shameful Mm -hmm. and terrible this is. Because I thought before that it meant like the no humans involved. Mm -hmm. It just meant that like they didn't, they weren't gonna like, like it was like a quote unquote like suicide like it was mm-hmm. just the victim there was no no other like anything mm-hmm. involved but you mean that there was no one nobody yeah okay I mean that they saw that there was clearly a person there yeah but they decided this is not worth my time and I'm going to code the, the file with no human involved because psh, whatever okay. it's just a black woman and I've got one more question. Yeah. So if one officer puts it as no human involved, can another officer like change it and open the investigation? Um, they could have. But I have a feeling that with the way that things work in these police departments, um, you know, the person who would step in and say, uh, what the heck's going on here? You know, who did this? You guys ought to be ashamed of yourselves and we're going to open this darn case. If it wasn't a person who was like way up, like at the top tier of command or of leadership or someone who could, you know, whip everyone else into shape. If that's not the person who's telling you, Hey, what you're doing is really wrong and we're correcting this. And there's no way that I'm standing for this. And this is unacceptable and you're never going to do it again. And I'm going to have, you know, the head of whoever did it in the first place. Um, If it's just like a a little sergeant or, you know, some low level person who decides, hey, guys, this is wrong. This is not why I became a police person. And man, you know, this is real people here who are asking for help to solve the murder of their loved one, their sister or their aunt or their, you know, whoever. Um, I believe that if you're already in a department where there are people who would do something like this, Mm -hmm. then you better be prepared to watch your back because what are they going to do to you? The same thing. Well, they might not murder you, (laughs) but they certainly might be shady towards your career or like, you know, throw you under the bus, like, you know, blame you for stuff or just try to make you look really badly or whatever. You know, especially if they think that you're going to reveal them if they were the one that wrote it in there, you know. Okay. So, you know, there might have been some person who saw it and was like, this is not right. Mm -hmm. But really. They couldn't. I mean, I don't expect one person 
to I think that's a very tall order for one person who's like just on the same level as someone else or maybe below them Mm -hmm. to to just take that on because that's systematic definitely you should want 10 murders so 10 times someone did this come on it's insensitive and very careless. I hope those and cruel are ashamed. Yeah. We should shame them. Mm-hmm. Shame. Yeah, shame. Shame. So, um, if anyone who's listening has not seen that documentary, you get a chance to watch it. First of all, make sure you do it on a day when you're like way up. Because um, it's going to bring you down just a little bit. Be prepared. Um, but the good news is, you know, thank God that he was apprehended and he is uh, incarcerated now. Oh, I thought you were going to say dead. No, he's not dead, but I think he was given the death penalty. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> On a lighter note? Well, I'm not sure if it's a lighter note, but I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, the biggest thing is that... It's not just that police department. That was Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. there are police departments all over the nation who are deciding that the people, the victims of these crimes don't matter. The neighborhoods where these people are found don't matter. Um, and that they're not going to spend the time or the resources or give a care at all to solve these crimes and maybe save the next person from being killed. Um, Especially in the case of um, this man in, I think it's Detroit. Um, And I I watched the the documentary about uh, this guy. Um, It's called, I know what it's called. It's called The Unseen. And... um, He's from, no, he's not from Detroit at all. He's from Cleveland. And um, it's just, man, it's awful. This is one that I feel like I need to, I think we should kind of get into this one a little bit, really quick. Okay. Um, because it's really striking. Before we start, sure. I have one more question. Yeah. Are NHIs like still legal? Like people to still do that? It was never legal to begin with. They shouldn't have been doing it. Oh. Um, but I think it may be like a real code. Like if they go to, uh, an incident and something takes place and, you know, there is not a human involved, like say a tree fell on a car mm-hmm. and no one was in the car, but someone made a police report, then they may legitimately come to take that report and write NHI, no human involved. There wasn't a human involved there, okay. but then you don't take that and put it on the file where a person's life was stolen from them and then decide this ain't worth my time or like if a person you know found a a dog hitting the road or something like that or Mm -hmm. you know something well when they showed up to take the report about the dog there was no human involved right you know or something i don't know well whatever um but the when they made the decision whoever it was made the decision, we're going to start using this code on the files of actual people, whether they're drug addicts or prostitutes or not, whatever the heck, um, they still have families, they're still citizens, 
And that's not okay. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we're just going to get into um, this really quickly um, about this killer. His name is Anthony Sowell. And um, he is a doozy. And uh, this is the trailer that I found on YouTube of um, the documentary that I have seen. And it is something else. Um, <laughs> I have seen it, but it's called Unseen. After a two-year period during which numerous women were reported missing in Cleveland's Mount Pleasant neighborhood, a reported rape leads police to a grisly discovery, a serial killer operating virtually in plain sight. Why had police failed to investigate the missing persons cases? Why did neighbors turn a blind eye to the killer's activities? Told through the wrenching testimonies of survivors, Unseen is a riveting true crime thriller that poses disturbing questions about marginalized lives and criminal justice. The detective told me, you are a very lucky young lady while he's taking these photographs. He said, just last week, we found a lady cut up in a suitcase. That man had no intentions on me coming out that house. But God said otherwise. Anthony Sowell was convicted of the rape of Melvette Sockwell. He served 15 years in prison. Released in 2005, he moved to 12205 Imperial Avenue in Cleveland. On October 29, 2009, four decomposing bodies were found on his third floor. Another two bodies were found in his basement. And five more were found buried in his backyard. For three years, women in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood have been disappearing. But until the bodies were found, the 11 victims' disappearances had not been investigated by police. For more information, check out Unseen on Facebook. So that was also a very 
Ugh. That was a low um, dive down deep into darkness. Um, watching that documentary um, and learning about how all of these women were brutally just mutilated um, and the police knew what was happening and did absolutely nothing and so this is one of the reasons that really race <coughs> plays a factor one of the reasons that having a complete adjustment in the way the nation looks at and thinks about um, the definition of a serial killer and what a serial killer looks like. Um, having that really kind of rearranged in our minds um, and having the media coverage uh, be updated to reflect what serial killers look like now as opposed to what the profile says a serial killer is um, is because people are dying and people are at risk and people are being killed in their own neighborhoods around their own homes um, not only have we been not misled but we haven't been giving, given complete information um, about what serial killers uh, look like, behave like, act like. Um, we also haven't been given a full picture of who they target, uh, which leaves people and communities vulnerable. The picture that we were given in the past of who serial killers target was... Uh, the young white college student, um, the young white girl. And those were the victims um, in a lot of those cases. But as, as happened with um, the Atlanta child murders, there were cases happening at that time that were a direct contradiction to what the profile said. Look at John Wayne Gacy, whose victims were males, look at Jeffrey Dahmer, whose victims were males. So we have to come outside of this um, thinking in patterns. There are no patterns. Um, this report from Radford University uh, gives just the data. It doesn't really do any thinking about um, any of the editorializing or um, making anything look more appealing or anything like that. It just gives the data. And what the data says is that uh, more than anything else, serial killers kill for enjoyment. And that is for thrill, for lust, or for power. Mm. Um, a lot of people think that killers kill because they're angry or they're getting out some kind of aggression or um, pent up emotion or hostility, but no, they're doing it to fulfill um, a, a need for gratification that they have. So that's a myth that we need to break. Um, another thing is that people think that, oh, well, 
that you know you're only going to be a target if you're out in, in a big city um it, that's really happening in mostly urban areas also not really the case um in this report uh it really does correlate that the states with the largest population of people also has the largest population of serial killers and therefore the largest number of victims so California has the largest population, um, also ranks highest in victims. Um, but here's a surprise. Um, you know, uh, Indiana is a state that I didn't really expect to see high on the list. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a bunch of fields. Corn. What do they grow there? I don't know. Corn? Probably. Oats? In Indiana? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or um, where else? Pennsylvania. That's... I know there's Philadelphia is there, but I mean, is there another like large city in Philly? I don't know. I tend to think of like, um, well, I know like one of my great uncles lived in Philadelphia and that was like mostly country land. So I don't know. I just thought of like a bunch of like wide open farmland out there. <laughs> a lot of like Amish people live in Pennsylvania <laughs> like I don't know um I guess in like those wide open states you kind of think that maybe some sinister business is happening because mm -hmm. you know there's so many so much opportunity there or whatever but yeah it makes sense that more you know farm country places would have like you know serial killers because well, but I mean, but where's the population? I mean, there's not really a lot of people there. Well, like, exactly. Like, that's the point. Because mm -hmm. if you're a serial killer and you're, you know, killing people in this, you know, small town that doesn't have a lot of people there, then there isn't going to be... Well, I don't think there would be a lot of, mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, what happened to this person? Like, mm -hmm. especially if they don't... If, like, that person then moves to, like, another state, yeah, then there's probably not a lot of solid evidence or, you know, none of that. So they could get away with it. That's true. And that's actually one of the other things that um, people haven't been made as aware of as they should mm -hmm. um, is the mobility of killers. Right. Um uh, a series came on A&E probably a few years ago now, maybe like three or four. Um, it's called The Killing Season. Right. And um, I'm not sure how many like seasons of the show have come out, but uh, they did some really in-depth like investigative reporting on a lot of cold case murders and where it led them was to an unsuspected place um, which was that a lot of people kind of out in the world um, have theories about the fact that uh, there may be many serial killers now who are um, operating as truck drivers uh, because there's routes back and forth all across the nation. It gives them motive. It gives them, not motive, it gives them, what do you call the other thing? Alibi. Yeah. It gives them an alibi and it gives them easy access to 
these more um, quote-unquote disposable people as far as law enforcement is concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are people who it's going to take their, you know, if they're out there um, talking about like uh, these people who may be using drugs, um, may be uh, in sex work, um, who are probably not, you know, going home to their full family every night. It may be two or three weeks before they check in with their family, two or three weeks before someone notices that they're missing. So then it kind of provides this opportunity for these killers uh, to just pluck someone up at these truck stops um, all across the nation Mm -hmm. and do their killing at their leisure and then dump the bodies in the Lord knows where. All these little pockets um, in the desert, in the wilderness, in the swamps, any place that they happen to pass. Um, And there's no trace. There's no evidence. And if they pick someone up in one uh, state and then dump them in another state, I mean, good grief, you know. Mm -hmm. Then you're picking up a, when you retrieve the body or the the remains, you're picking up a Jane Doe or a John Doe. Right. Yeah. In um in the killing season, that's what it's called. Right? Mm-hmm. Did they ever solve any of the cold cases? They, I, I, it's been a while since I saw it. Now that's for sure. They started with the aim of um, getting to the bottom of some of the cold cases. I don't remember if they actually solved anything or if they just revealed a few more facts. Um, and I did not see like the second season if there was one, so I'm not sure. All right. Um, I can't say that I know. Um, well, I would think that they did, or I would hope that they did, maybe, because mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> sorry. Um, you know, they've uncovered more facts, which you know. Yeah. You gotta dig a little deeper. Yeah, having someone actually looking into it, yeah, is um, more than a lot of these people, a lot of the families um, have actually had happening. Right. And um, it's not actually just a race thing. Uh, it's also um, a matter of uh, economics because there are a lot of uh, women, in particularly who are uh, poor, who are um, drug users, and who are involved in sex work, who um, have gone missing, who are the victims of uh, crime, who are murder victims, and they are you know, receiving the same treatment. Their families are receiving the same treatment. No one's looking for their killers, and they are getting no answers. So... It's not just a matter of race. There's a lot of other things that go into it. It's race, it's class, it's um, economics. It's, you know, if you're considered disposable in any way, you're not going to be getting uh, the resources uh, that you need to get to the bottom of what happened to the people that you love. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't matter that, okay, so they have a, a drug addiction or whatever. Does it mean they're any less of a person? And any less worthy of the answers to what happened to them. No, absolutely not. So, um, then we're still left with the questions. Well, what are we supposed to do? 
if you know at any one time so one of the other statistics uh was about um how many serial killers are operating <laughs> at any one time um in the United States and as of 2016 the United States has more serial killers than any other nation hmm. um <laughs> in the world okay. even nations with very large populations um, there were 3,204 suspected serial killers in this country um, when this report was updated in 2016. The next country with the next highest number of serial killers at that time was England with 166. <laughs> that is astounding. That to a me, big difference. It's a, a huge difference, and um, I, there has to be reasons for that. I think one of the reasons is the way that we obsess over and popularize. Yeah, that's a three thousand and thirty-eight person difference. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, we do have more of the world's population than England, mm -hmm. but consider a country like China. They have a lot of... Who has 18% of the world's population, but only 57 serial killers in the year 2016. Hmm. So. Which country has the least? The least uh, is Sweden. Okay. Sweden has the fewest, they're actually tied with the Netherlands. Okay. With 12 okay. serial killers as of hmm. 2016. So that's a. Hold on a second, I didn't do that right. <laughs> 3,192 person difference. <laughs> Between the so. most populated and the least populated. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So, um, there was kind of a lot to take in in this particular episode, but um, the biggest question is, like, what the heck are we supposed to do? <laughs> because, um, unlike a lot of other things, there's really no way to safeguard yourself from a serial killer because they're predators mm -hmm. um you don't see them coming that's the design of the thing right like they could be um, anybody yeah they they are anybody they lure people in um they are cunning and unlike you know the freddy krueger and uh jason and chucky they mm. look like real regular people because they are real regular people and the differences between them and everyone else are psychological right you're not going to see it now in some people you might be able to do a little double take and be like um that don't look right um you, i don't know or maybe like by what they say too yes by what they say and then that's when like trusting your intuition uh -huh. um that gut feeling yeah taking the time to take that double look um you know just paying some attention because we make the assumption that, well, the police are, you know, looking out for us and taking mm -hmm. care of us. And in some cases, that may be quite true. But in some cases, nah, sis, you're on your own. Right. 
and they ain't. They ain't looking out for you. And uh, you are not going to get any answers. And um, even if they are actively pursuing serial killers like they were some of these more popularized killers, right. um, all the police work in the world didn't help them catch some of these killers. It was sheer happenstance and dumb luck right. that closed these cases. So, you know, again, what the heck are we supposed to do? Well, you... Um, Listen to your forensic files. <laughs> you watch your SVU. Yeah. You carry your crowbar. <laughs> and your you taser. carry your your pepper spray and your taser. <laughs> and then you have you, you learn some self defense moves. That's what I was just gonna say. And in all honesty, you learn to use a loud voice mm-hmm. uh, because we were watching this song or a whistle or a whistle or whatever the heck you got. You better use it because we were watching. This um, interview with Samuel Little and he was saying, you know, these people were trusting him. Mm-hmm. He lured them away and they were trusting him. They thought they were with someone who was safe. Mm-hmm. You got to trust your instincts. And you, as our, um, you know, podcast faves like to say, you what? You s- Stay safe and don't get murdered. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Oh, yeah. You stay sexy and you don't get murdered. (laughs) Stay safe. Yeah. Or whatever the heck. Whatever. You stay safe. You stay alert. You stay low. (laughs) Like, um, so like in Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. They say, stay safe, stay alert, and whatever you do, don't die. Yeah. That's the same, right? For what? It's the same as stay sexy and don't get murdered. Because they're just... Because they were talking about games. Like, because you, if you die outside your game, then you're over permanently. Yeah. You're dead. And if you get snatched up by a killer, you're over permanently. You're dead. We're talking about the game of life. Oh, wow. Hmm. Tied that into real life. Yes, I did. So the other games And you can put killers. both those things on t-shirts. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Well, they already have their t-shirts. They have Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. Yeah, like, but, but we they can... don't have... Stay low to the ground and don't die in your game. Or what is the shirt? <laughs> stay safe, stay alert, and whatever you do, don't die. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Stay safe, stay alert, and use your crowbar. <laughs> we should have a we should have a, a motto. Mm-hmm. Like stay on the down low, but keep your head high. Like, um, like on the lookout yeah like so like don't be like out there mingling like hey like i mean yeah make new friends but don't yeah. be out there talking to strangers like hey how you doing mm-hmm. let's go get a coffee don't mm-hmm. do that yeah so keep your head low but also have eyes on the top of your mm-hmm. head or do go get coffee because there's cameras and coffee shops yeah let's pop on over to starbucks look over that way <laughs> Stand over here, look at me this way. Uh-huh. Turn your face up there. It's yeah, the light is real good on you like that. Yeah, keep your face up there like that. What'd you say your name was? <laughs> What's your address? Hey, let's take a selfie and then send it to your mama. Just keep this face in mind. <laughs> wink wink. Alright, girl. Well, I mean we talked about this. Man, this was I think something. We need to wrap it up on a high note. We do. Time we do. for the dad joke of the day. Yeah. Oh yes. 
the jokes. She loves them. Are you ready? <sighs> Why did the bat fly away from the cemetery? There were too many things coughing down there. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> you always hate my jokes. Oh They're my funny. Gosh. I'm funny. <laughs> oh my my my. Hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, I understand getting away from the coughing. This that ain't no joke. That's self preservation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about that. Right. I'd be like, get in here and take some medicine. Right now. <laughs> I've got one. You're going to try me again. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why did the vampire need mouthwash? Um, hmm. To, I don't know. Why? <laughs> because he had bat breath. Bat breath. <laughs> that was slightly funnier. But, um. <laughs> slightly funnier. Only slightly. I'll take it. Yes. Okay. I'll take it. How about mm-hmm. one more? Okay. <laughs> you know you have to have a joke for when you're uh, going to try to go trick-or-treating. Yeah. It's got to be a good one. <clears throat> go ahead. Why wasn't there any food left after the monster party? Because... The monster mash. No. Why? <laughs> because everyone was a goblin. <laughs> but um, oh, oh. I worry. Uh, I worry. I like to tell you you can do anything, but I'm not sure about stand up. That's not very kind. I'm I'm being kind. No, you're not. I don't want people throwing like lettuce at you. They. I'm sure some people. Will find me funny. Hmm. I have one. Tell me. Because you know my joke. <laughs> last time was a riot. It was funny. Okay. <laughs> oh this is how you going to treat me? It's how you treat me? Because <laughs> your jokes aren't that funny. Yes, but listen. Nuh uh. Shh. Listen. Fine. Uh uh-uh. uh. Listen. I'm listening. Why did the ghost go into the bar? Why? For the booze. I can't stand you. That's it. Okay. I can't stand you. And... You don't laugh at my jokes, so I don't laugh at yours. <laughs> that was funny. Maybe I had to tell it to grown ups. That's what the thing is. Yeah. Hmm. Tell it to your husband. I will. And he'll laugh. Because it's funny. Well, if I tell my joke to my dad, then he'll laugh. <laughs> because it's yeah, funny. Yeah, we'll do that then. Okay. And... But dump goodbye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate your support. Send us any feedback or topic suggestions in an email to relationshipreviewpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you like the show, please recommend it and share it with a friend. Don't forget to rate and subscribe, leave us a review. And follow us on Instagram at The Relationship Review. Like our new Facebook page, The Relationship Review Podcast. If our podcast isn't available on the platform you like best, you can always find it at anchor.fm forward slash The Relationship Review. See you next time.